Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. Hey everyone, here is Daniel Budai in the next episode of the Ecom Show, and I'm uh, glad to have Arthur here from uh, from New Jersey, and uh, he's a Facebook ad uh, expert, and um, we work with uh, with mutual clients together. and uh, And Arthur, it's nice to have you here today. How Good are you? Doing? Thanks, Daniel. Good. So. It's uh, we, we are just uh, right before Black Friday, and uh, I'm sure it causes a lot of headaches uh, to e-commerce business owners, marketers, Facebook bans, elections, high uh, CPMs. So maybe my first question would be too. So um, what are the, the biggest struggles these days and, and how business owners can solve these uh, in this yeah. busy period yeah i mean it's 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 a it's a loaded question for sure uh you know our struggles are internal and external meaning things that we can directly impact within the platform and then external what basically what the facebook platform decides to throw at us today you know ju- just last week we had there was there was a mass banning of all kinds of ad accounts throughout the platform a ton of different advertisers got affected and you know our clients are like you know what do we do and and why are we banned do you think it's because of this this and this and in reality it's just someone tripped over a wire at facebook and and shut down you know whatever 10 percent of 10 percent of ad accounts so that's a challenge and communicating that to clients has been is its own challenge and then you know the flip side of that cpms are up and down like crazy you know uh, about four days going into the election cpms went down big time by about 30 to 40 percent now they're back up by about 25 percent, and we expect that to continue rising heading into black friday cyber monday and so with cpms fluctuating the way that they have been performance is kind of all over the place some some brands do very well. Some brands, you know, you kind of have to reconfigure spend a little bit. But, you know, for us, our, you know, our approach is the correct messaging and correct creative just based on the time of year. So, you know, as long as we're rolling out creative and messaging sensitive to the current time, then we could stay top of mind and we could get good impression share, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, and not to mention, you know, we work with mostly e-commerce clients. So inventory constraints is a whole separate beast, you know, especially during a time of the year where, you know, we're scaling considerably or expect to scale considerably. So yeah. there's there's challenges everywhere. It's, it's a fun <laughs> time to be on Facebook. Yeah. And uh, so when, when there is a mass shutdown on Facebook, uh, it happens with everyone at the same time of uh, even so at the same day and even at the same time or you know i'm not a facebook ad expert so i i don't have too much insights and probably many of you know many people from the audience they don't know it so how it happens like there's a mass shutdown and facebook the company they just 
screwed up something or, or how it usually happens? Okay. Usually, usually it happens uh, one by one. Uh, it's it's been very very rare, maybe twice in the past twelve months or so that I've seen mass, you know, global issues with Facebook. Well, it's probably more than twice, more than twice in the past year, really depending on mm-hmm. what you consider an issue. Um, but we, you know, we have clients that you know it's almost like a rite of passage at this point. Like, okay, we've been banned. Uh, we're you know, and, and usually we're able to get clients back within you know within 24 hours. It's nine out of ten times, it's a mistake on Facebook's end. Ever since they started implementing all the changes stemming from Cambridge Analytica years ago, and ever since they made the platform more exclusive and you know started caring more about privacy, et cetera, et cetera, we've had all kinds of false positives with you know accounts getting banned and mm-hmm. accounts getting shut down usually we're able to bring it back up within about 24 hours but it it, it ha- you know what we saw last week is not ordinary you know this this was definitely an extraordinary event accounts mm-hmm. went down around nine o'clock at night and they came back up around 11 30 p.m or so but you know as you can imagine agencies worldwide were scrambling yeah. trying to figure out what happened you know, out of about 15 clients, we lost three that night from, mm. you know, from, you know, with ad accounts going down. Luckily, you know, they came back up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, so this is a frequently uh, asked question. So how a Facebook ban could be, could be prevented? So there, there's, there's, there's a difference between a ban and an ad account shutdown. Right. Um, an ad account shutdown is just, you know, Facebook telling you like, hey, you're not adhering to policies or we don't like the product that you're selling or like, you know, maybe maybe you're selling hemp oil and Facebook just realize it. it could be anything. Maybe you're selling firearms, which. Yeah. But a, an ad, a true ad account ban is a hard thing to come out of. Um, we, we've, we've done it. It's happened where Facebook just doesn't like the business model. We had a client about a year and a half or so ago that was doing a free plus shipping offer, right? Mm-hmm. With like jewelry. Um, yeah. and everything was legit. Everything was getting shipped on time. You know, the product was decent for the price that you were paying. Facebook didn't like the business model. And so we were always kind of back and forth. And finally our rep just said, listen, just start a new ad account. Right. And this is a Facebook rep that's literally telling us and the yeah. client, listen, there, there's nothing we could do. Your best bet is to start a new ad account. And in, in a lot of cases, there's just no rhyme or reason. You know, it's, it's you know, we, we you get zero answers most of the time from Facebook. So you're kind of left to figure out, like, is this real or is it a false, a false positive? Yeah. OK. And um yeah, let's let's change the the topic here. So, let's talk about more positive things. So, what uh, can you see in terms of uh, creatives uh, on Facebook? Um, one of them, what I could hear from many different sources, is that uh, video used to work better, and now images work better. Um, is that true? And what can what can you see uh, now working on Facebook, especially during Black Friday and Christmas? Yeah. So th- this year has been really tumultuous and has been um, 
we've seen a lot of really big shifts in the, in, in the form of um, different creative working during different times of the year, different audiences working during different times of the year. Um, we've definitely seen more of a shift towards um, static, creative, and GIFs. GIFs do work well. Mm-hmm. Um, video has kind of taken more of a backseat. We still see videos work well for some clients and retargeting videos works well from an audience perspective. So we still run video in upper funnel. Um, in terms of messaging, ever since March, you know, when COVID hit the States, um, messaging has shifted every single month, right? In March, it was it was more like, you know, your home is your new office, you know, you're now in quarantine, um, make the best of it kind of thing. April messaging shifted again, where like maybe you're going, you know, you know, maybe maybe now your kids are home and you know, because in April I think it was when schools shut down. So like you gotta give them something to do. You know, we had a we had a, a we have a client that we work with that skyrocketed in April, right? Because kids were home, parents were feeling a lot of guilt, and parents are still working for the most part remotely. So messaging changed again in April. Mm-hmm. May, maybe people were starting to go out a little bit. So like footwear, you know, manufacturers and footwear uh, direct-to-consumer plays started coming back to life a little bit. Um, so messaging has changed throughout the entire year. Yeah. And lately, over the past three months or so, we've seen carousels do really well. Dynamic product ads are, are, are kind of starting to come back in a favor with Facebook. We've seen, um, especially with the election, you know, from an audience perspective, um, we've seen tighter audiences work well because with elections, a lot of that targeting from, from political candidates has been very broad, but very kind of like top level. So they're, they're taken off of that, you know, they're taking that, that layer kind of goes away. Mm-hmm. So anyone running broad audiences or large, like 10% lookalikes is, ju- you know, we, you, you'll just have a bad time because mm-hmm. you're essentially competing with millions and millions and millions of dollars in ad spend. Yeah. Um, on on the election side of things, so you know, bringing those audiences back a little bit into like one to five percent territory and interest-based audiences have worked well, and we've seen a complete reversal of that now that the election spending has gone away. Right. So this has been a truly dynamic year. Uh, for yeah, Facebook. lot of lot of variables. The, you know, the coronavirus, elections. Now we have holidays. Um, could you see the difference uh, after the elections in the last one week? Yes, um, we've seen um, some brands that that have been struggling in end of, like middle September to October. We've seen some brands starting to come back with reduced uh, reduced CPMs helping a little bit. Um, it's for sure for us, you know, and and other brands are doing worse now. Uh, more mm-hmm. doing better than doing worse, but. Um, a lot of it is just tightening audiences um, and and it's been very gradual it, you know this isn't for us anyway for our brands that we work with this hasn't been an overnight shift back to either poor or better performance mm-hmm. okay um, so you know at my agency we focus on backend and mostly email marketing but I always talk with our clients about different uh, traffic acquisition channels and uh what's your experience who should use facebook ads and who shouldn't so 
I think there are certain industries where you are simply banned from the platform. I think CBD is one of yeah. them. Or uh, simply Google Ads or, or something else would work for you better. Uh, and other uh, brands like beauty, most, most beauty brands, they skyrocket on Facebook. So what niches are good for this platform and what niches don't? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, Facebook on its own is, is you know, the, diff the biggest difference between Google Ads and Facebook is that Google Ads is an intent-driven platform, right? People are searching for these things, and it's just up right. to you to say, like, here I am. You could buy yours. You could buy that stuff here. With Facebook, you're, you're, our job is to literally interrupt people, you know, as they're doing whatever it is that people do on Facebook uh, and hope that your messaging resonates with a what they're doing right now and b their behaviors and interests, right? So you know, so it being a visceral platform and very visual platform, food, phenomenal, fashion, shoes, jewelry, uh, subscription kits, especially when it when it's around kind of kids and 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 kind of playing on to the guilt factor with parents. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. like you're not doing enough for your kids kind of thing or your kids are bored, give them this or like, you know, get kids off of screens, that kind of stuff. Um, those brands are, are very are a very easy thing to do. Uh, they're not easy to, to scale on Facebook. But, the, you know, if I was starting a new direct, direct to consumer brand or if I'm or if I'm currently a wholesaler and looking to get on Facebook, mm -hmm. those brands are no brainers. Intimates do really well. Bras, panties. We have a couple of intimates clients that have done very well this year you know, scaled well beyond what they've done in wholesale. Um, we have a lot of people coming in from Amazon that want to go the direct to consumer route uh, and they've done very well. Mm -hmm. Supplements can do very well on Facebook. It does get a little bit tricky. If you're a true supplement company, you're going to have a hard time on Facebook with ad disapprovals. Mm -hmm. uh, and in general, you're, you're just, you, you get flagged more often with Facebook because Facebook technically doesn't work well with supplements. Um, but like green foods, superfoods, to your point, skincare, um, hair care, that kind of stuff. Again, very visceral, works very well yeah. with you to generate content. That stuff will work. Uh -huh. Same with Instagram. So yeah. visual, visual things. And what uh, niches should be advertised on, on different platforms at Facebook? Facebook versus Instagram or? No, no, no. I mean, so what are those niches uh, which you wouldn't recommend to go on uh, on Facebook, uh, go and do Facebook ads? Right. They should so, rather do Google shopping or, or, or YouTube or something else. I think anything is possible, right? It just really depends on the agency that you're reaching out to, mm -hmm. you know, like, Solar, for example, is, you know, solar, each lead that you bring in may be worth $3,000. I, I, I don't know what those metrics yeah. are. Right. Yeah. There are specialists out there that do very well with solar, right? We don't, right? So, you know, like we won't take on those clients. Real estate, same thing. We won't take on mm -hmm. those clients, but there are specialists that do very well with it. I, I strongly believe that there's a specialist for every field, like Peloton, for example. You know, each sale, you know, their CPA target might be a thousand dollars. We don't do well with that because our CPA targets range anywhere from, you know, from seven dollars up to one hundred and twenty dollars. 
right? So like there are specialists that specialize in subscriptions and specialize in, in specific like subscription and LTV plays and, and foods and, um, you know, a very, very high CPA and long-term yeah. kind of thing. So uh, highly commoditized goods may not work as well, right? You may not do very well with gear that is, that that you think immediately to yourself like when you need something like this you go straight to amazon yeah and just like the price is the most important right Un unless you're changing something in the market like like don't sell a colgate toothbrush or, or like a five pack of colgate toothbrushes on, on facebook yeah. because it's just not where people are going to go for that stuff do sell teeth whitening kits that works right do sell kids multivitamins that works you know, and you're not selling like, you know, $5 boxes of cereal, you're selling $20 packs of keto cereal, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, right. so it, you know, you're finding niches outside of the main kind of commoditized groups. Yeah, and have a brand. I think, uh, as you said, if it's highly commoditized, then it's hard to sell on Facebook. And if you have a nice brand, it's much easier and and if especially if your product is highly visual then uh, Facebook and Instagram is great um, what would you say so what are the most important things to do well on Facebook I think um, so that has changed big mm -hmm. time over the past three years or so when we first started audience testing was a big deal right mm -hmm. because we still had a ton of levers that we could pull we still had a ton of control we focused a bit less on the creative side of things. Over the past two years, really a year and a half, creative has taken center stage. Um, as face, as the platform, as the algorithm running the platform gets more and more advanced, they're, they've gotten a lot better at finding your ideal audience, right? And so now yeah. that we control the audience a bit less and let Facebook do a lot more of the heavy lifting on the algorithm side, creative has taken center stage, right? And for us as an agency, we do all of our creative in-house because a client never provides us with enough creative and it's never really, like it, it, a lot of it is great creative, you know, from their photo shoots and video shoots, but it, that kind of thing doesn't always work well on Facebook. So we bring the product in-house, we shoot the product from a video perspective, from a photo perspective, a lot of our stuff is user is looks like user-generated content. We also use a lot of the brand assets. Um, so, but like, but to answer your question, creative is the hardest part in Facebook because it requires you to have infrastructure to support it. Yeah. Uh, but it's also the most important piece as, as far as we're concerned anyway. Especially recently, as I could uh, hear from everyone, uh, as you said, the search for the audience, it's easier now. The algorithm is smarter than ever and, um, and creativity. Uh, it's more important than ever. Um, so wh what's your experience? So um, some brands, they want high quality photography and videos, like very sharp images and really like high resolution things. Why with models? Why others, uh, they crush it with uh, simple UGC and blurry videos. Um, so is there any rule there or just test it and you will see? Yeah, it's tested and we'll see. You know, it's a really good question because, you know, we've got brands that 
don't care what the creative looks like as long as it brings in revenue. And we've got other brands that hold their brand very closely and give us strict guidelines with which to stick stick by in terms of creative. And you know, some brands get are so fanatic on their brand that that they develop all the creative. Um, you know, and 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 we basically traffic it and create iterations and text overlays, that kind of thing. Um, but it, it really depends on the brand. You know, we've got footwear. Uh -huh. we, we have a footwear brand that works very well with their static product imagery. Um, and, you know, and, and it, we just kind of add text overlays and we add, you know, dual panels. We have grids going for them. And, you know, we're, we're slated to test UGC, but, you know, their existing creative works very well. So it, and it really is mm -hmm. different for each brand. There are some brands where only UGC works for them nothing else works. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Right? So, and we, you know, you have to kind of formulate strategies around, okay, you know, if only UGC works, if only the stuff that we shoot works or their, or their customers shoot works, how do we build a structure in, in, in obtaining more of that creative and creating more of it? Mm -hmm. That's a mm -hmm. challenge. Yeah. And uh, how much someone should test? So it depends on the budget, something else um and how many creative pieces they should create let's say a month yeah so that's a good question too um you know, we, and we get this from clients a lot um mm -hmm. we used to do a lot more creative testing than we do now um we've dialed mm -hmm. it back to only doing creative testing intentionally um mm -hmm. we'll only load in new creative into an ad set when we when we need it when we find that our existing creative is starting to fall off Right. And a lot of that depends on budget. And, you know, and, and it it's not that budget allows us the freedom to create more creative. It's that, but you know, the higher the budget, the higher the ad spend on the account, the more creative it needs. Right. So and, and it aligns well with business models, you know, with agency and, 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 and client business models. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the number of creative really depends on a the budget and, and b you know, what is the account used to seeing in terms of in terms of new creative? Some accounts creative will last for seven days, you know, five days. Yeah. We always need yeah. a good supply of creative. Other accounts, we have this one account that we brought on, you know, we've had the same creative for them for a month. You know, so it, it really varies. Yeah, it's, but, um, I follow Sam Owens and uh, I think he had an ad which converted for years uh it was an image it's a different niche it's not e-commerce but on the in the image there was a it, it was a picture about sam owens and uh he was walking and there was a long description a long copy and it i could see this ad for uh, years mm -hmm. it's amazing so um i guess there are some evergreen ads as well or creatives um but it's re very rare Fine. We see a lot. We see a lot less of that these days, and, and and it really depends on where the account is, right? If if you're if if your spending stays consistent, let's say whatever ten thousand dollars every month, um, you'll have more of a chance of a set of ads working month over month than mm -hmm. an account that's scaling. Uh -huh. Yeah, we we have one account that. Um, that was, you know, that was only spending, you know, was, uh, I think it was around $550 a day for a long time. And the ad, you know, the ads worked. As soon as we raised the budget, even 10%, the ad started failing immediately because Facebook wow. 
got out of its groove and started serving new audiences of which there were none. Mm -hmm. Right. So at that point, creative makes all the difference. You know, you got to load yeah. in iterations to spend outside of that group. Mm -hmm. What do you think about different uh, tools? I, I know Quaya. It's one of the platforms where you can uh, make a lot of uh, ad variations easier, faster. And the other one is, I think, Revealbot, but I'm not sure. So do you use any of these or or the Facebook uh, platform itself, it's it, it's simple enough to use. And, uh, you know, I, I also heard stories that Facebook, uh, they bought up a few of these companies uh, and they just built in the, the functionalities in, inside the Facebook ad platform. So these automation tools are not uh, needed anymore for most advertisers. Is it yeah, worth doing that? into this or, or not really well, automation tools especially automation tools like magic x and um there was one other one cafe i forgot what it was called um they have a really hard time these days because if your automation tool requires the facebook api to remain consistent mm -hmm. and for the functionality to remain consistent you're going to have a bad time uh the, the 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 Facebook Facebook Ads Manager and the API itself changes so often that I just I would want to be in the automation tools shoes at this point. Uh -huh. From a creative perspective, we probably should use more. You know, uh, in terms in terms of creative automation, um, our our creative development and iteration is so intentional and so based on performance that we're seeing in the mm -hmm. account that like you know we'll we'll never develop creative that we don't use. Right, so creating 36 iterations off of one concept doesn't really have much of an appeal to us because we may only test 10 versions of those, right? So automation in terms of creative doesn't really have a ton of appeal to us. It, our, 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 our tool stack on the creative side, it can get pretty hefty. Like we use Video Leap and we use um, we use Canva heavily, we use Photoshop, we use Premiere Pro. Yeah. Know, so we use all of those tools to help us build the creative, but there's not much on the automation side of things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you use a, do you, do you have a video guy who, who takes care of the, of the product videos or usually um, the clients, they can provide it or how does it work? It's both the clients. The clients are more likely to provide us with imagery and uh, with product and lifestyle imagery. And then on the video side of things, we have employees with cameras, with cell phone cameras. Yeah. Uh, and, and that, you know, cell phone cameras, you know, you'd be, you'd be amazed the kinds of imagery that we could produce with a good lighting setup. And yeah, a cell phone camera. in 2020, Definitely. Maybe, maybe you won't be amazed. I mean, that, that's that, that's you know that's. Uh... You just need an iPhone and and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Arthur, uh, thanks for coming uh, uh, to the show today. And uh, is there anything that you would add uh, as a good advice for Q4, Black Friday, Christmas, or maybe how not to get banned on Facebook? <laughs> I don't have advice on how to get banned from Facebook. <laughs> it's it's. it's it's, know, it's a rite of passage. It's going to happen, 
don't yeah. worry about it. As long as you're not doing anything bad on Facebook or anything shady, as long as you're following policies and you're not in mm -hmm. CBD or firearms or anything that Facebook doesn't want on the platform, you'll be fine. It'll happen to you. you your ad account will get shut down. Don't worry. Reach out mm -hmm. to Facebook through chat, or if you're working with an agency, have your agency reach out through their own reps. You'll get back online in 24 to 48 hours. It's not a big deal. Um, for Black Friday and Cyber Monday, just you know, the big thing is to stay very agile. Um, you've got a lot of big brands that have their budgets set throughout the rest of the year already. Uh, in fact, that was probably set through Q3. Um, they're going to dump spend right after that shipping cutoff, right? So CPMs are going to fall dramatically. If you're in a virtual goods category, or if you're able to ship in time for Christmas, even after that cutoff, um, if you have any kind of flexibility with ad spend throughout the rest of the year, as most direct-to-consumer brands should on Facebook, be very flexible. Have your ads ready to go. Send them through for yeah, and get them approved in the, in the system now. If you have a staging campaign in Facebook, good for you. Load all of those ads into staging and get them pre-approved. Um, and just remain very, very flexible throughout the rest of the year. Manage your budget mm -hmm. as you would, you know, bait just based on what you're seeing for the previous day and the current day. Don't go up or down too, 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 um, too heavily. You know, I would not recommend going up or down 30% day over day in terms of ad spend. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but stay flexible for sure. Mm -hmm. That's a good, good uh, piece of advice. Um, if anyone wants to find you, where they can find you? Uh, so that's a good question. You can either reach out to me on basiccreative.co uh, or shoot me an email, Arthur, basiccreative.co. Yeah, or just message me and I will connect. That works uh, too. Yeah, we will uh, put links below the description. So thanks, Arthur, for joining us today again. And uh, Thanks for the audience for listening to us. And every Thursday we are coming out with a new episode. So stay tuned. Thanks again. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing or check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Buday Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.